There's this moment when so many of the ecopreneurs that I've talked to fall back on as the moment they, they had to do something more for the environment. For me, it was when my son was born. And for Stephanie, the inspiring ecopreneur who is on the podcast today, it was climbing to the top of a mountain in Romania and seeing all this trash lying around on this remote mountaintop. And this realization of needing to do more has started happening more and more and more. And for all the ecopreneurs that I have interviewed on this podcast, they found a way to make that happen. So while you're listening to Stephanie's interview today and how she is making an incredible impact through her work as a marketing consultant, a podcast host, an author of her own magazine, be thinking about your critical moments when you realize that you couldn't just idly sit by, but you had to act and leave it in the comments below. I'd love to hear your story. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Stephanie, do you mind telling me a bit about Purevant and what you- Yeah, definitely. I definitely made up the word Purevant. I wanted something all-encompassing for pure, plant-based, healthy, environmental. That's where the term came from. And I figured I needed another word after it. So others knew, understood a little bit more about what it stood for. So Purevant Living. So I started freelancing initially and I've been running the business full-time for four years now. And I focus on marketing and communications and also sustainability consulting. And then with that, I do have a podcast and a publication. So definitely a lot of projects I'm working on. That sounds great. And so you touched on, you really wanted to make this a combination of a number of things. And so you're working with marketing. Are you currently consulting with companies? What kind of companies are you working with? Yeah, definitely. So it's a combination of nonprofits. For example, I worked with a local nonprofit recently where I built a website for them and they focus on water cleanup efforts in Wisconsin. So companies like that. I also work with another organization. They do organic skincare and they also repurposed or restructure their entire line where they have organic, yeah, organic ingredients. And also their packaging is from recycled ocean plastic, which is really cool. So learning about that and really shifting their brand to be more sustainable all around, not just good for yourself, but also the environment too. So I really love working with brands that have a product or service in that effect, but also it could be really any company that wants to start looking at what are their emissions? How do they start to track it? How do they offset it? Are there any certifications they want to start to get? So I really want to also help companies of any size realize that they can do it. So I restructured my business three years ago where primarily myself and I work with freelancers, a small, primarily service-based business, but I operate sustainably. So just showing that anybody can do it, even a freelancer, you can track your emissions, meaning what energy usage does your computer use, your office space, even if you're working from home, you can still track that and there's ways to do that and different tools you can use. So really sharing all of that, that I've run my business through that whole process that I can now feel comfortable helping others do the same. That's really cool. And were you doing 
similar thing before where you're doing like marketing and consulting with companies or is that in the process of restructuring you started doing this kind of new marketing and that kind of thing yeah i had been doing marketing and communications for many years i lived in colorado so i worked in the cannabis industry quite a bit with a lot of cbd product companies so i've been doing that for many years so it was definitely more in the wellness space but wellness and sustainability come hand in hand so now I'm really focusing on both areas. That's awesome. And as a freelancer, like what tools are, are for any company, what tools have you found useful in terms of determining that carbon footprint and what are you using today? Yeah. So I publicly post my carbon footprint and impact report. So there are several different tools you can use where you can actually go in and you can track, okay, if I drove X amount of miles this year for my vehicle or my company vehicle, for client meetings, picking up products, travel. So there's tools where you can enter all of that data, even based on the make and model of your car. So it knows exactly what emissions it's producing. And then you take those numbers and you go back and look at your scope one, two, and three emissions, and you figure out which bucket they fit into. Also, you can look at your electric bills. You can see how many watts of energy are used. So things like that, there's tools where you can dump that data into, and then you know exactly how many emissions that you have created for that. And why was this important for you? I think I've always been kind of an outdoor nature person. Growing up that way, growing up in the country, I've always loved hiking, kayaking, and very big in. I also started an organization called Women Who Kayak, so I wanted to build community and encourage others to pick up trash when they're on the water. An easy thing to do, just bring an extra bag with you, pull that junk out of the water. So I think it just came natural that I really want to see these beautiful areas of nature just thrive and continue. And I would say one pivotal point where I really noticed I have to do something more about this. I've traveled quite extensively and I was actually on a mountaintop in Romania of all places. I took a cable car to the top and it's pretty remote to get to. And here I'm sitting on this beautiful mountaintop and I see little bits of plastic and trash all around me. And I'm like, how could this possibly get here if it wasn't for us bringing it up there? People are doing their tours or hikes, bits of trash fall, they break down over time. That was really alarming to me that here I'm in this beautiful area that's seemingly remote and it has all these bits of plastic and trash all over. So that really hit home for me. And since then, I've been on an even greater mission to help preserve that and make people more aware of things that they can do a little more consciously. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. I've been to a number of places I used to visit when I was younger. And then as I continued to grow older, and then one time my now wife, but was girlfriend, we would go to this place and it was a beautiful, like very, we were still very much in the just outskirts of Raleigh. So it was not, we're in this hugely remote area, not in Romania. <laughs> Or something like that, but we're just on the outskirts of Raleigh, but it's like very, it's a natural part. It's a lake, it was called Falls Lake. And there's this like little trail that like barely anybody knows about. And so we would go down there and check it out and just sit and enjoy the being around nature. And then we continue to go back there. And eventually, I guess more and more people found out about it. And then all of a sudden there's all these beer cans everywhere. There's soda cans, there's like huge piles of trash. And it's just, it ruined the whole experience. We really haven't gone back very much since then just like purely because of so much trash was getting there I guess more and more people found out about it but it's this huge like issue like all the waste that just comes out and it's just we can really do so much more about it it's all about changing our behavior and realizing nobody is your mate yeah. <laughs> nobody's mm -hmm. around you picking up the trash when you're out there on the top of the mountain you got to bring that trash back down the mountain or bring mm -hmm. that trash 
from wherever you are. So I think that's really great that you came to that, you saw that and were like, I got to do something about it, which is really good. And where do you kind of see like of this lifestyle that you've had around, oh, I want to be more sustainable. I want to live a more lifestyle where I'm not impacting the environment so much things like that. How do you see that coming into the work with your clients and where, how do you make sure that the companies you're working with, you're making them choose more sustainable options and things like that? Yeah. So I guess for the first part would be that because I operate sustainably and I am offsetting my emissions, I'm also attempting to reduce each year by taking small steps, being more efficient, maybe traveling less, going more digital. Like today we're not meeting in person, things like that. But then also because I operate carbon neutral, I'm providing my services carbon neutral too. So if a company works with me, they can feel good that whatever energy usage I'm using by meeting with them in person or having creating content for them that's offset so they can feel comfortable about that. But also it's important to look at as a company who we work with are upstream suppliers. Like if I order paper, I'm making sure that it's FSC certified or recycled. So I'm printing a children's book here starting pre-orders this week, actually. So we're printing with soy inks that are healthy. We're printing locally in the U.S. So I found the closest possible printer to do this printing job for us that is only a few hours away versus across the country. So things like that to think about, can I source local? So meaning the transportation costs will be reduced because it's a lot closer to me. It's creating less emissions. And what are they shipping their product in is another huge thing too. Let's say you are a book manufacturer and you know you have your paper, you have your inks coming. What are your tires de like delivering their inks in? Are they reusable totes? Are they recyclable boxes? What are they bringing them in? So when you are a company, you can start to say, hey, I would really love it if you could send me your product in reusable totes or start programs like that where then they can take it back. So there's a lot of options that you can do that you have clout. Is a customer, is a consumer that you're really looking at everything that you're buying? So there's many factors of it to not be too overwhelming, but just thinking about how are your products getting to you and what are they coming in to? Yeah, definitely. That's a lot to it too, is you do have a choice. You can make a difference and the money you're paying for things matters. Like companies mm -hmm. listen to you if you choose to buy somewhere else, or even if you just tell them like, Hey, I would love to continue to buy with you, but because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to because this company over here is much more sustainable. They're using reusable totes. They're doing things mm -hmm. like that. So like we do have a lot more power than we seem to think we do a lot of times. And our buying power is huge. Like the power of the wallet can be very game changing for a number of companies because what do companies want to do? They want to sell things to you. That is the way they stay a company. That is the way they stay alive. And so if they're not able to do that because they're not choosing the sustainable choice, they're going to change. They're going to make a difference. So I think that's a great way. And a lot of companies are going through that. I'm going through the looking at their supply chain and really auditing it, seeing how they can mm -hmm. make things more sustainable and asking their upstream and downstream suppliers and distributors, like everywhere along the supply chain, we need to cut our, our emissions by X amount. Walmart did this. It's a huge company saying we're going to, I don't remember exactly what their statement was, but they went out there and they're looking through their whole supply chain and saying, we're going to cut, we're going to cut um, emissions by this much. And we're going to do that by cleaning up their, our supply chain, bigger companies and smaller companies are all going to get into this movement. Okay. We need to be more sustainable. So I think that's huge. And you mentioned you have the 
child's book that's coming out later this week here in early November. What is your book called? And can you tell mm -hmm. us more about it? Yes, the book is called The Pale Pickle. So I wrote this book many, I shouldn't say many, about four years ago. And it started when I developed adult allergies. And I realized I was allergic to yellow dye in many foods. And I started really reading every single food label in the store. And I realized that pickles have yellow dye in them. Not every company, a lot of, there's a lot of organic brands out there now. But if you look back, like yellow number five or six is quite in a lot of foods, even including fruit snacks for kids. And these yellow dyes can cause behavioral problems and build up in your system and it's not, not good. They're synthetic. They usually are derived from oil. Consuming that doesn't sound too appealing, but basically a lot of that is added to food to make it more appealing on the shelf. Like for example, you have a jar of pickles. It might have that bright green, yellow looking water because of that yellow dye. So basically the name came from the pale pickle. So I'm showing that I grew up with homemade food, organic gardening for my family. And I love my great aunt Margie's pickle recipe. They're pale in color. They're like a very light green, I use vinegar, spices, there's no yellow dye, no colorant in it. So that was how the name came about, but it's really focusing on helping kids become more conscious about you know, eating healthy, getting and learning about urban gardening. It's a story about Pip, the main character who moved from a organic small town to a large city and helps the community become a bit healthier. And throughout the book, it talks about healthy recipes and Pip coming as an insider, outsider, Kids are more curious. So I'm trying to teach that coming from a place of curiosity about the unknown is a very healthy way to be and to be acceptance of diversity, inclusion, all of that, that Pip is the new kid in town. And yeah, so it's just many great pieces, even talking about composting at home. So it basically shows all of these great things through Pip and the family, friends, and then it has a paired cookbook actually for families and kids with 10 healthy, allergy-friendly, plant-based, vegan, gluten-free recipes. So whatever recipe you see in the book, the storybook is actually in the cookbook too. So that's a really great pairing. And then that we're also printing with a local printer using healthy inks, recycled FSC paper. So we're really excited about that too. That's awesome. And what are those ways that you went through in the book about bringing sustainable farming and those kind of things to city life or things like that? Yeah, I don't want to give away too much of the book, but basically. Yeah, definitely not. So give us a little teaser. There, yeah, there is a part where there is a school project on how to make their city more healthy in the community. So basically, Pip and friends create this new idea for the city that had not been done before to help everybody be a little bit healthier. So. That's great. What age group is this targeted to? Yeah, it's definitely, I would say ages three and up. So three to eight is probably the main group, but really I know adults will love this too. And I know some are very excited about the recipes as well. So really any age, so very young kids to elementary school children, I think would really enjoy it. Definitely. So now you also have a podcast, Person <laughs> and Planet. Can you talk more about that? What is your goals around the podcast? What is your reasoning behind me? Yeah. So I started podcasting actually back in 2019. I had two, one called Women in Wellness and the other one called Things You Should Know. So one was more wellness-based. The other one was more sustainability-based. And I thought it's so intimately connected. Why, why not create something that covers both instead of running two separate? So person and planet encompasses health for yourself as a person and your environment around you. So it could be anything from healthcare providers to a great product or service and also a great sustainability effort that others are doing around the world. And it's a very global approach too. So it's not just in the U.S., but it's guests all over the world. That's awesome. And 
who have you had on your show? Yes, I've had companies that do compostable packaging from Israel, underwater coral effort to help bring that back and help them grow in Fiji, for example. So that's a great one. And local healthcare providers too, that do a lot of like holistic, naturopathy in Wisconsin and beyond. So it's been yeah, a nice combination of guests from all. That's great. And which one has been your favorite? Oh gosh, that's, I don't think I, I, I love them all because I think just, it's so exciting to talk to everybody and learn. I always like to share their personal story too. So why are they passionate about this? How did they get into this space? And then really digging deep and providing tips for listeners. So I think it's not just about sharing your story and resonating, but also takeaway. So what can I learn from this person that I can help improve myself or be more aware of the environment around me? Yeah, that's great. And we're hoping the podcast will go in the rest of 2022 mm-hmm. here and into 2023. Yeah, so I would hope to grow my team. It's, I know you're a podcaster too. It's a lot of work. I do all the editing and everything too. But yeah, I'd like to have larger team because I love the interview part. But of course, the time is creating the artwork and editing and all of that. But I love interviewing guests. We'll definitely continue that going. And additionally, that so not everyone listens to podcasts. So I wanted to take that content. And I know you maybe will touch on this later, but I started a publication with the same name, Person and Planet, where sometimes I'll take these interviews and turn it into an article. So you can read about it as well. Because it's such great content, I want anyone to be able to consume it in the way that they prefer. So I want to keep growing that as well. Yeah, you do want to tell us about the magazine? the new- Yeah, yeah. So I have it right here, Person and Planet. So basically, it's a roughly like 75-page publication, small book. So they have articles, artwork, even healthy recipes in every issue. And I would like to mention a coloring page. Basically, I was in love with the Highlights publication as a child. So I wanted something that's more of an adult version of that. So it shares everything from wellness, sustainability, healthy recipes, sustainable artists that use repurposed trash and materials to create beautiful art, a lot of nature photography around the globe. So I wanted all of this content. So this publication shares everything from company highlights of in the wellness or sustainability space, what they're doing, services are available to readers, also as a tool for companies. So it's a nice tool for their sustainability or wellness programs in a company. So how you can learn more, it does include company features and new things coming up and also sustainable artists too. So using repurposed trash or materials to create beautiful works of art. There's a lot of nature photography, there's healthy recipes in the back of every issue. And sometimes some of these sustainability or wellness terms might be new to others. So I also include a small dictionary of terms. It's like a general review because I want anybody to be able to pick this up and and learn something from it. I don't want it to be too out of touch for anybody. And then also a little bit of advertising in the back for sponsors, but I want to keep it very content heavy. It's a nice learning tool for anybody. Yeah, definitely. That's great. And how did you come up with the idea for creating a magazine? Because lots of people have podcasts, <laughs> lots of people have yeah, doing consulting work and things like that, but magazines very different. And I like that when I saw it first came yeah. across. And so I'd love to hear where did you come up with the idea? Yeah, I know magazines are debatable as far as is that environmental, but there is something to be said about having a printed version of a book or document, but it is available digital. And I, of course, am promoting that. But I actually ran a magazine at UW-Madison as an undergraduate many years ago, which included artwork and poetry, short story, the Wisconsin Idea, which is a service project done around the world. For example, one issue had one about creating fresh water in some villages in different countries. Um, So that really inspired me. It was probably my most favorite job to date. 
getting to run that magazine. So I was always inspired by that. And then in Milwaukee, several years ago, a couple of us women, after yoga training, we created a publication called Mujita Magazine. And Mujita means caring about others' well-being more than your own. So it was a very wellness, yogi-focused publication, which was similar in size. We did close that business, but I was inspired to do something with a little bit more sustainability too. So it basically has both wrapped in. And again, because not everyone listens to podcasts, I wanted this magazine to be something that any age would like to read to, to have it in another form. That's great. How can somebody come and find your magazine or any of those mm-hmm. things that they want to see about you? Yeah. So my website is vontliving.com. So P-U-R-E-V-A-N-T living.com. So I have all of that there, the digital version. I am also on Amazon for now for the print version, because looking at sustainability with print on demand, it prints exactly what you order and there's no extra created. So until the publication grows a bit more and I would do the printing and shipping, it makes more sense because otherwise if I'm doing the print on demand, it ships to me and then to you as a customer. So double shipping is actually less sustainable. So that's why I'm going this route, but eventually I would love to print more sustainably to make sure it's recycled paper because that's not something you can really control with Amazon print on demand. So for now it is housed there and then digital through my site. Very cool. And can you give us one sample from your magazine of one interesting thing that somebody should go check out? Oh, that's a tough question. Okay. I have the first issue right here. So I'm a huge fan of this company. So one little tip I would say, doing a plug for my friend Jake here. So Treat, R-E-E-T, it is actually a resale service that companies can have where they can resale used products and people can bring them back. So it's like creating another store within a store, so to speak, to really promote circular fashion. So a really cool company It's in one of the issues. So I would say people should check that out too, to really help. Be conscious of what they're buying and that buying used is definitely the way to go to if you can. Definitely. That's really cool. And uh, what are you currently learning right now? I love this question. So I guess the two things I'd like to share. So I always have that wellness sustainability side to what I'm doing. So I'm really into Ayurvedic cooking right now. Ayurveda, eating like for the season, for your body type, for your dosha. And been really getting into that. For example, learning how to make specific spice blends for the season that helps your body. I'm really loving that, making dishes like kichari, for example, which is mung beans and rice, seasonal vegetables and the seasonal spice. So big fan of that. And then on the sustainability side, a friend of mine started working for a company in Germany recently where they focus on carbon removal. So meaning capturing carbon from the atmosphere, sequestering it either underground or different areas or reusing it, I think is really important to help look at this climate crisis we have right now. So it's really fascinating learning like how that's done, these different ways of doing it, because even plants can sequester carbon from the air too. The hemp plant, for example, can actually sequester carbon down to their roots into the wetlands and bog areas actually sequester carbon too. So it's important that we keep these natural sources here because if they're filled in or then that carbon is released again, I'm really trying to learn a bit more about that. Yeah, that's always been so interesting to me about how many different places there are that can be carbon sinks. And especially Mm -hmm. I've learned recently about agriculture and a lot of how you can set up agricultural sites and farms, but it can also quickly become very carbon intensive. It can almost switch and become this huge carbon output and outputting a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. If you do farming in the right way, 
and do regenerative techniques and things like that, you can actually sequester carbon and bring and it become a carbon sink where carbon is now built into the soil and going back in through biochar and lots of other different ways of making farming more sustainable. So yeah, I love that topic too. I'm very into that. How it's so cool how there's so many different ways that we can really be sustainable also need to protect those natural places that are extremely important, not only in a carbon respect, but also just for the beauty of the earth, the health of the earth, the health of the ecosystems, all of those things is super important. And is there one tip that you would give any ecopreneur or entrepreneur in the audience who's listening here? What is one tip that you would give them to help them grow their business or speak to other people a little more sustainably? Ooh, a tip to grow your business. I would say always ask questions. And if you want to meet somebody or learn what they're doing, just ask. The worst they can do is say no. And I would say to be patient as well. So you could ask questions. We're all busy. I know I'm guilty of this too, not being super responsive all the time. So I think, yeah, being patient and then just asking the questions. Ask anybody what you want to ask. And I would say it's really, I think, humbling too, especially in the sustainability space, how great and collaborative the people are too and willing to help you learn and share and grow. So I would just say, yeah, ask all the questions and never stop. Definitely. And the great thing about asking questions is being able to learn something completely new and that you never expected. It might take you a completely different way from what you were expecting to learn, but it, it mm -hmm. could be a huge new avenue and a huge new open door. So I love mm -hmm. that tip and thank you so much for sharing that. And Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really awesome having you on here. I love being able to ask you all those questions and being able to hear all about Purevant and what you're doing with Person and Planet and your magazine. I think that's all really cool. So thank you so much for coming on the show and I hope to have you back on sometime. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed hearing about Stephanie's work to help companies with their marketing and to become more sustainable, then I invite you to check out this interview with Cliff Spanker, who works as a consultant for green companies, helping them master their LinkedIn presence. So if you're looking for a way to get your marketing message directly to your perfect prospects, then make sure you check out this interview with Cliff. And in combination from what you learned from Stephanie today, can help take your business to the next level. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. 
So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.